cliffcentral.com. We all want it to get better. We all want businesses to survive and come out of this and be in time getting back to where they were pre-COVID. So it's a question of everybody being sensible and having sensible and honest conversations. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Market Share. This is where I chat to people who influence the way brands are built, big brands and small, and I will spend some time on small brands as I believe they are the future of South Africa. I will also cover many other interesting marketing issues. So, is the media industry collapsing? And here I'm talking about TV, radio, mags, newspapers, online, etc. Or is it just changing radically? I'm an optimist and I believe that opportunities come with change. Today I'm joined by Josh Dovey, CEO of OMD Africa, the biggest media buying operation in Africa. Last year they bought nearly 8 billion rands worth of media space across a broad range of media types. Josh also recently won the Media Legend Award. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Reg. So let me start off by asking you a question. How has the COVID crisis really affected the media industry? Is it in a mess? Reg, it's been a, a dramatic time across the, the whole industry. I think what it's done, though, is it, it's actually just amplified existing trends. And what I mean by that is that with the advancement of all things digital, for instance, the print industry was already looking at a, a managed decline in terms of its importance and its reach. And what this crisis has done is it's just brought everything forward. They are, I think, in fact, Media24 announced last week a, a raft of closures of a number of their titles. It was always going to happen, but it's happened sooner. Clearly, as well, advertisers uh, are not spending in the way they were. So any operation that is funded by advertising money is having a tough time at the moment. But this is going to happen across the print media. We've seen newspapers declining uh, circulations for many years. And now, if you like, it's, it's all come to a head. And something like the Sunday Times, is that still holding its own? The Sunday Times is, is holding its own in terms of it started off with, as we all know, this, this huge um, history and massive readership in the history of South Africa. But again, more and more people, particularly uh, millennials, people in a certain age demographic, are choosing to consume their media, both print and audiovisual, via the digital platform. So it's it's not going to last. It's it's a question for these guys about managing their decline. That's what they were doing, but this COVID crisis has brought everything forward. And how have the advertisers reacted to this? And and agencies, creative agencies, are they uh, have they cut back a lot, or have they just shifted where they're spending their money? No, there's been a definite decline. You've got to look at it by category. For instance anything related to the leisure tourism industry has stopped spending completely and did immediately on the level five lockdown. And that's natural. There's no point in advertising your wares to people who, who can't move and can't buy them. Automotive also down, but they have maintained a presence on, on digital platforms. 
It's quite interesting. I was reading that for the launch of the new Land Rover Defender, uh, Land Rover have had over 1.2 million people go in to their website to configure their their new vehicle. So I suppose on the basis that once this crisis is over, I can go and buy this new car and it's something to look forward to. So automotive have cut, but they've also shifted some expenditure away from big media into the digital platform. FMCG has largely kept going. On all platforms? Pretty much, yeah. They've probably been the least affected in that, you know, you've always been able to, throughout the whole crisis, you, you've been able to buy most necessary consumer goods. Does this mean, Josh, that, that people are going to get a better deal on some of the existing platforms that are maybe suffering a bit? Or do you think they're going to stick to the rate? Well, nobody sticks to the rate card, but do you think they'll be more negotiable? I think they'll have to be because where clients have asked for terms of payment extensions, it's very difficult for an agency to pay a media owner if they haven't themselves been paid. So really everyone's got to get around the table and come to the party. You know, with any client in the in the restaurant business or fast food business, obviously their cash flow is vital to them. Their ad budgets are created by people going through their restaurants. And if that's down, then they can't pay as quickly as they, they would have been able to. The background being to all of this, though, we all want it to get better. We all want businesses to survive and come out of this and be in time getting back to where they were pre-COVID. So it's a question of everybody being sensible and having sensible and honest conversations. Mm. So what platforms are really thriving then in the digital world, I guess? And what other platforms? Are things like Netflix growing? Are things, you know, other digital delivery systems succeeding? Yes, they are. Netflix is a really good example, Reg. The content is fantastic. They've got huge budgets because they've got massive subscriptions and and it becomes self-fulfilling. Unfortunately, multi-choice, I think, are also in a position where they're managing a slow decline, certainly even pre-COVID. And I haven't seen any numbers uh, post, but one thing that people are going to do if they're under pressure financially is look at their cell phone contracts look at their DSTV package, anything that's not completely necessary if you're under financial stress gets reviewed. So I think they'll be losing a lot of subscribers, which means they can't afford to buy the shows, which means, I mean, really, what is DSTV now? It's it's essentially sport. Absolutely. And there's not much sport around right now. No. So that's got to have an effect. huh? Yeah, 100%. Do you think Netflix will start accepting ads? It's possible. but. If I was them, what's the attraction of Netflix is the fact you can sit down uninterrupted, watch a movie of your choice at a time of your choice and not be bombarded with third-party messages. It's part of its sort of core USP, and and I'm not sure they'd they'd want to do that. They don't need Mm. the money. Won't the production company lockdowns have an effect on the streaming services as well in terms of content? They will. Uh, it'll be a delayed effect. And obviously, you'll be 
more aware than most how long it takes to put a show together. These productions of theirs are generally not studio sitcoms. They're big budget, and they, they've probably been in the can and in edit for many, many months before they hit the screen. So they'll have a backlog of, of product which is sitting ready to serve up. And when restrictions lessen, I guess they'll be able to fire up pretty quickly. They, they've got approved scripts and, and approved shows that they're waiting to just put into production. So I don't think it'll be so bad. And then what other platforms are thriving? News. You know, during a time like this, people want to keep in touch. They want to understand what's going on. And they're not buying a newspaper. They're just logging on to the news websites, be that Al Jazeera, BBC, New York Times, or News 24. And ENCA, for example, is that growing? Yeah, certainly it's seen as a very credible disseminator of, of news. And I think that's the other thing that people look for is honesty and believability in, in terms of the news and independence. Which they, which they seem to be. Josh, do you expect the pandemic to create a new era of influences? I know that's a tricky question, but do you think the kind of big name influencer is slowly disappearing or people are getting wary of them? I do, Reg. It's a really good point. I think what this whole crisis has shown us is how the cult of celebrity is nonsense, really. <laughs> In, when, you know, when it comes down to a real global crisis like this, who cares about Kim Kardashian's latest pair of shoes? You know, it, <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. To be honest, I think some of these celebrities are struggling with that reality themselves. I was reading something about the whole saga around Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and how they've kind of become irrelevant in the face of, of what's really important. That's very interesting. Is it, do you think there'll be other groups of influencers? Do you think a group of ladies who are cooking together will become influencers? Or a, 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 you know, a group of men who are very keen on cars, will they become influencers? Yes, I do. Reg, I think it's going to be all about, okay, let's get back down to earth. Are these people that I can relate to? Are they believable? Are their circumstances kind of similar to mine? The influences that will become more important are the ones that are believable to people. So less about celebrities in, in Hollywood and more about people who they can relate to on a daily basis that do the same sort of things they do and are from the same sort of circumstances. Okay. Now, talking about uh, the digital media, do you think the Facebook boycott by the big multinationals will continue and do you think it will have any effect? I think it'll continue because I think they're really serious. And, you know, we're looking at a number of our clients, Unilever, Diageo, who have taken that position and, and many, many other global clients and local clients as well. Because the fundamental issue here is that the big platforms have not done enough to reassure advertisers where they are being positioned on the platforms, in what, against what, and the technology exists for them to do it. I think they just haven't taken it seriously enough. Do you think they really care? Because, I mean, they've got all these followers and everybody's very loyal to Facebook. Do you think they really care or do they need that money? No, they need the money. They absolutely need the money because they don't get it from anywhere else. 
So I think that they will gradually be persuaded that they have to take this seriously. Oh, that's good to hear. Because, I mean, some of the bad stuff that goes on these channels and, and the fake news is not so good. So, Josh, if you had a small consumer brand now, I'm trying to encourage a lot of the smaller brands to become more active. And you had a limited budget. Let's say it was a cold drink, for example, and you were launching a new cold drink. Uh, and you had a budget of, say, a couple of million rand. What would you do with it? Well, the classic sort of media planning scenario would be, okay, well, who are we trying to talk to? How are we positioning that brand to what target audience? I guess any new entrant would want to be sort of vibey and exciting and perhaps appealing to a younger target audience and perhaps trying to take market share away from existing big brands. You'd certainly want to make it different and interesting and cool. And that would generally point you in the direction of digital. What would you say? The normal culprits, Facebook, and what else would you encourage them to go on? It's very easy to do cool stuff on these platforms because production costs are, are low. You can do amazing things with not very much money. And as ever, Reg, with advertising, it comes down to a great idea. And that can be articulated in so many ways and a lot cheaper than it used to have to be when we all had to make big budget 30 second commercials. You still need the creativity of the agency, but the way you express that great idea can be done much more easily and quickly than ever before. Even on your cell phone. I mean, you can actually shoot a little video on your cell phone and it works pretty well. But now, now let's say I've shot a little commercial for my new cool tonic water, for example, and I'm, I want to stick it on YouTube. How do I leverage it? How do I get people to know that I'm there? Well, the first thing, classically, is you. there's ways of boosting anything you post on Facebook. There's lots of protocols whereby you can get it out to more people. You create a page, you get people to like it. And then the win is when people spontaneously sharing stuff because it's funny or it's interesting. But I guess you start with just sending a begging letter to all your friends and saying, please like my commercial and please share it. And then hope it's funny and interesting enough to go viral. And then you're referring people to YouTube to watch it and so on and so forth. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I've seen some amazing results. People getting some two, three, four, five hundred thousand hits, a million hits. It's incredible, actually, what you can do. It really is. It's remarkable how it works. And then you can build that platform of loyal watchers, obviously, as you're building your distribution network, which is obviously the other critical part of, of any FMCG product. Just going back to your point about Land Rover, because I find it very interesting. If the guys are building their own Land Rovers online, then do you think guys will cut back on dealerships going forward? I do. I think it's inevitable. And it's a, it's something that's that's already happening. I think what we'll see around a lot of car brands is we'll have these big experience centers in the major conurbations where you can go and it's like a day out. They've got every model in the range. They've got a little track you can take it out on and have a drive. Uh, you can have a coffee and a breakfast and then a chat, look at color codes, 
So that'll be the sort of physical experience, having had the online experience. And then various service centers where they need to be when the vehicle has to be serviced once a year or even now once every two years. You don't need a dealership in every town, and they definitely are on that wavelength. That's very, very interesting. Changing the subject completely, let's go behind the mask of Josh Dovey, the person. So, Josh, what are you most scared of? (laughs) At the moment, (laughs) how my revenue is going to be in Q3. Um, But, uh, (laughs) you know, I think... I th- you can't allow these things to to scare. I think we should all be properly cautious, but you can't live your your life like that. You know, my concerns I think are the same as anyone else's. Reg, we all hope that we can navigate a way through this, and that the social fabric of South Africa is not damaged too badly. What I find interesting about you, you're a very humble guy because here's a guy who controls probably the biggest media buying operation in South Africa and is and I know I know Josh quite well and he's still such a decent humble guy. What else do you do for fun? Well, I enjoy uh, classic cars, Reg, as you know, um and I enjoy racing classic cars. We've been unable to do that since January. There was the one big meeting in January at Swatkops, which is the the international when all the guys come from overseas. That happened, and then we've been in, obviously, lockdown along with most other sports since then. Motor racing is not supposed to be a contact sport, but sometimes it is. Nonetheless, yeah, it's shut down at the moment, even behind closed doors with no spectators. And a little bird tells me that you play a little bit of music as well. You play a bit of the guitar. I do enjoy it, Reg. And (laughs) my, if you... (laughs) Let me say my ambition exceeds my ability by quite a large factor. But I, I, I took it up properly, having messed around for years and years and years. My wife, Claire, said, look, why don't you actually go and get some lessons? And five years ago, I did. And I've stuck with it. And it's been an absolute revelation. Really enjoy it. The sort of thing you can just pick up any time of day, play for 10, 20 minutes, learn a new song. I find it relaxing and mentally challenging and stimulating, which I think we all need at the moment. 100%. Josh, thank you very, very much for joining me. Really interesting. I could talk to you for hours and hours, and maybe we should do another podcast one of these days. And I hope if anybody has any questions and wants to get hold of Josh Derby, you can get hold of him at OMD. So let me say goodbye to you and chat again soon. Thanks, Reg. I really enjoyed it, and have a great day. So that was Josh Doby, the CEO of OMD, uh, talking to me about what's happening in the media world. And as you can hear, there are a hell of a lot of changes going on. But again, it's an opportunity. I think you can negotiate a little more with the media right now. And I think there are many, many other media choices, such as podcasts and online stuff that uh, might work very well for you. Thanks for listening to Market Share with me, Reg Lascaris. I'll be back soon with another episode giving my take on brands and companies big and small, in South Africa and elsewhere. So chat soon. Cheers.